The Dental Practice Fixers podcast is brought to you by the Meadow Center for Dental Practice Success. To find out how we can help increase the success of your practice, check out meadow.com or call us at 1-800-258-0060. everyone out there in podcast land. I'm Dr. Richard Maddow, co-founder of the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success. And welcome to this week's episode of the Dental Practice Fixers Podcast. So what would you do if you were presenting treatment to a patient and they say to you, have you ever done this before? And you really haven't done it before. Wow, that's a tough one. You certainly can't lie. But what do you do? How do you get out of that? Well, maybe the key is never to get into that situation in the first place. And we're going to be talking about that. We've got a great um, email from a a Dental Practice Fixers podcast listener today, and I cannot wait to get to it. So we're going to do that. And of course, as always, some mystery shopper calls. We've got three mystery shopper calls this week, all with the same question. How much is a crown? Now, that should be a slam dunk. You should be able to get that patient off the phone and into your into your chair right away. Let's see if any of these three practices were able to do that. So again, welcome to the Dental Practice Fixers Podcast. Maybe you're listening on on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher. Maybe you're even watching the video on YouTube. But whatever you're doing, please, if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe. Or if you're on any of the other podcasting services, subscribe to it. Leave some comments. Tell your friends. That helps us grow the Dental Practice Fixers podcast so we can keep going and going and going. And we really do appreciate your listenership and your viewership. Uh, Before we get to this great email, I just want to let you know also, if you are any kind of regular listener to the Dental Practice Fixers, you know that we love saving money every single month at the Maddow Center by using Fat Merchant for our credit card processing. And we've talked to hundreds, if not thousands of dental practices about this, and we get such great response. People save money every single month when they use Fat Merchant for their credit card processing. Why? Because they don't charge an overage percentage. They just charge a low monthly steady fee. You know what your processing fees are going to be every single month when you work with Fat Merchant. So just find out more. Go to matto.com slash save. That's M-A-D-O-W dot com slash S-A-V-E and find out how you can save money each and every month by using Fat Merchant for your credit card processing. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to tell you about a dentist that we are friends with who has done something really cool with his Fat Merchant savings. So look forward to that. But in the meantime, why don't you join the club? Go to matto.com slash save. Okay, we had a ton of great listener responses and emails and questions within the last few weeks. I'm not sure why. All of a sudden, everybody's sitting up and paying attention and and writing in. And you can do the same. Just send an email to info at matter.com, I-N-F-O at M-A-D-O-W dot com. So a couple weeks ago, um, I did a course for the Dental Studies Institute of New Jersey. Now, these days, of course, you know, we used to have a pretty robust travel schedule, speaking schedule. It's all virtual these days, which has its ups and downs. So much more fun being on the road and meeting people in person. But uh, we can't do it right now. So in any case, we're doing the next best thing, which is um, doing seminars for different groups and associations by Zoom webinar or whatever the format is. And uh, we did one last week for the Dental Studies Institute of New Jersey. 
And it was called um, The Dirty Dozen, How to Answer the 12 Most Difficult Questions That Patients Ask. We had a really nice group on there and got this email from somebody after the course. And I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to keep her name secret. I'm just not sure if it would be a good idea to give her name. Anyway, as I said, gotten tons of correspondence, but I really like this one. I'm not sure I have a great answer. We'll find out what happens. Maybe you can weigh in with your answers as well. But this says, hi, Dr. Maddo. I'm Dr. E. I joined your webinar last week. Wonderful course, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Two things. One, I wasn't able to find your Facebook page you had mentioned in the course, and you said to email regarding it. So, hey, I'll just take a, a quick pause in this question and say, if you're not on our Dental Place Facebook group, please feel free to join. It's um, just a really nice kind of friendly group where you can ask questions about anything dental or non-dental. And uh, one of our kind of rules is you've got to be friendly. You can't be nasty to people. You can't shoot them down like in most of the other internet groups. Just give some good advice and we're here to help one another. So it's called The Dental Place. So if you go on Facebook and just search for the dental place, that'll come up. You have to ask to join, but we'll certainly let you in if you're a dental practice fixers listener. And then you can participate in our Facebook groups. That was her first question. Second question. I have a question that I need help answering. I'm a new dentist and I look younger than my age. So I've gotten this question. And the question is, do you have experience in this? How many have you done? What if it's something like Invisalign? It's one of my first cases or an implant case or a rehab case. How would you answer this question? Wow, that's a tough one. You're a new dentist, you look young, and you're presenting treatment, and the patient says, do you have you done this before? And you haven't, or you've only done a couple of them. Woo, that's a sticky wicket, as they say. It really puts you in a bind. Well, I got to say, Dr. E, I can totally relate. Um, when I first started practicing, well, I graduated dental school in 1984, did a fantastic general practice residency at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami Beach, Florida. So finished that in the middle of 1985. And I thought I knew everything. You know, when you do a GPR, um, you have so many cool experiences and get to do so many things. So I got out of there thinking that I was a really well-versed dentist. And I did have great experience. But then when you hit the real world of private practice, you really find out you don't know that much. You, you know, you know something, but you really don't know all that much. Um, so again, I was in this practice situation. I looked young as well. Some, some of my patients used to call me Doogie Hauser. I'd walk into the room. They'd say, are you the dentist? Wow. Tough one to combat. Um, but in any case, I know this feeling because sometimes you had to present treatment and you weren't that experienced in it. And it was one of the first times you were doing it. And you just hoped that the patient wouldn't say to you, have you done this before? So what do you do? Well, as with many of the questions in that Dirty Dozen webinar, how to answer the most difficult questions the patients ask, you know, sometimes the strategy is to just avoid having that question asked altogether, kind of preempt it. And if you preempt things correctly, that question will not be asked of you very frequently. And I think this is one of those key issues in presenting treatment to a patient. And I'm not just talking about a whole long convoluted treatment plan presentation where you, you bring them back and you've got all your props and diagrams and you ask them to bring them. I don't like that anyway. I'm really against that, as some of you know. But, you know, it could be anything. It could be a very simple treatment. And then the patient asks, have you done this before? So again, preempting this and making sure it never happens is the best. Well, how do you make sure that, that this doesn't get asked of you? You know, there are all these treatment plan presentation courses out there or case acceptance courses. And I've taken a bunch of them. And I got to say, in general, I am not a fan. Why? 
Because in these courses, they teach you this whole flow chart. Well, this is what you say. And then if the patient says this, you say this. And if the patient says this, you say this. And then this is your comeback. And then eventually you're saying things like, um, well, is this the treatment you want? Don't you want the best? And it's such BS. And I hate to use the stereotype, but it's used car salesman tactics. And that's not how dentistry should be presented to our patients. And that we don't want to have to jam them into a corner and make them uncomfortably say yes, because we've learned all these sales tactics. That's not working with human nature. To me, the main thing about getting a patient to say yes to treatment is two big things, trust and confidence. The patient has to trust us. They have to like us. And if you just do an exam and then look a patient in the eye and say, you need a crown, well, that's no relationship. That's no trust. How are they going to trust you? And secondly, confidence. When we talk to a patient about treatment, we've got to just reek of confidence because if you're not confident in it yourself, the patients can sniff that out from a mile away. If you are second guessing yourself, when you're talking to a patient about treatment, they know it. If you're doing something for the money, ooh, they can tell that. For, never, ever do it for the money. Um, if a patient thinks that you don't know what you're talking about or you don't have confidence or you haven't done this to, to a good level of experience, most people can sniff that out from a mile away. So we've got to build trust. We've got to talk to the patient and get to know them as a person and know what their needs are, what their desires are, and talk about what the best thing is for them. And we've got to exude confidence. We've got to say things like, I know what the problem is, and we can fix it, and this is how we're going to do it. And you do that in very patient-friendly terms. You use lay terms that a fourth grader could understand. I am promising you, Dr. E, that if you, first of all, Get to know your patients on a personal basis so they like you, you like them, they trust you. Your practice is doing all these little things that we've talked about over the many years of this podcast and our courses so they know that this is a great practice. And then you exude confidence by saying something like, here's the problem and this is how we're going to fix it and I know this will work great for you. Just Again, those are my terms. Put it in your own terms. But show confidence, show the patient you know what they're doing. They're not going to say to you things like, have you ever done this before? Because you'll be exuding confidence and you'll be preempting them. And also practice, practice, practice. Again, when I finished my residency, I was thrown into a pretty large practice. I was the young associate and there were a couple of dentists there who I really admired. And I would talk to them about, you know, how do you present treatment to a patient? And I'd say, can I practice on you? And I would practice on them and I would practice on my family members. I'd practice on my friends talking to them about treatment and getting critiques. And we do it at team meetings and, you know, letting people say to me, uh, you know, I think you sh I would feel better if you did it this way, whatever. You know, it's like the old, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. So these things take practice, but be confident. Look the patient in the eye. I've observed doctors presenting treatment to patients where they're looking away, they're looking up or they're looking at the side or they're looking down or they're looking at their x-ray box or, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, the, uh, the big monitor that has the x-ray on it. I call that the x-ray box. It's pretty old school. And they're squirming and patients can tell. So maybe you're not 100% confident yet, but Practice your confidence. Practice on people. Look someone right in the eye and say, this is what I found today in your examination, and this is how we can fix it. This is how we can make it better. Whatever your terminology is, this is how we can give you a nice, strong, healthy tooth. And be confident in your presentation. And I know when you do that, patients will not squirm. Patients will not say, have you ever done this before? Because you've preempted all this with trust and confidence. Trust and confidence are the keys 
to successfully presenting treatment, whether it's a simple crown or periotherapy or whether it's a whole long, intense treatment plan. It's all about trust and confidence. Okay, I'm not going to belabor the point. That's all I'm going to say about that for now. Let's preempt this question. Um, go to matto.com and look at some of our webinars where we talk about some of these things on a more, um, you know, on a, a longer basis, things that we don't have the time to get to in our podcast. So that being said, let's move to our mystery shopper calls. We've got three today. They all start with a simple question. How much is a crown? Okay, I'm going over here to Command Central, and we'll start with our first call, call number one. Let's hit it. Dr. Office, this is Nancy. How can I help you? Uh, how much is a crown? Oh, a crown. Okay, a regular crown or an implant crown? or What are we looking at? I think it's just a regular crown. I've got a molar with an old filling, and I know I need a crown on it. Okay, it's eighteen hundred. Oh wow! Why is it so expensive? Um, we only do the best. Oh, I like that. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, bye. Bye bye. Wow! Now that's confidence. We only do the best. I really like that. A few things I didn't like. First of all, and we'll talk about this as we play a couple more calls. Um, you don't have to just flat out give the fee like that. Now she did. There's. I, I won't say there's anything inherently wrong with that, but I don't like it. She even said, is it a regular crown, an implant crown? Let's face it, a lot of times crowns need cores. Um, the patient doesn't know. So just giving a flat, I feel like that could be a little bit dangerous. But even though I didn't agree with it, she said it. She said it confidently. Then when I said, why is it so expensive? She said, we only do the best. Wow, this is the best office. But then she made no attempt to get me to a point. So no matter what she did, and I'm not, I'm not saying she did a great job, but even if she had done a great job, no follow-up, nothing. Didn't even try to get the appointment. Didn't ask me my name, my contact information. Zero, zero, zero. This person who apparently wanted a crown and called this office out of all the offices in their area is now lost and gone forever. Nothing. This practice probably spent some significant you know, time and money and effort to get their phone to ring, whether it's marketing, referrals, whatever it is. They, it took some effort to get the phone to ring, and then she just let me go, and I will never call again, and she can never contact me again. Ooh, that was bad. It just was bad. Let's do our second call. This one, I think, was really interesting. Let's go for it. Hi, a question for you. How much is a crown? What's the cost for that procedure? So do you have a crown um, appointment? I can look at that and see how much it would cost, or do you, are you just randomly know, want to know a price? Well, randomly. I mean, I, I have a okay. back molar, okay. and my dentist told me it needed a crown. That was a few months ago, and I don't think I'm going to go back to that office, so I'm just kind of checking out how much it would be. Okay, give me a moment, okay? I'm just going to check it a little. Mm-hmm. There's so a lot of pausing on this call, as you'll see. A lot of pausing and tapping and checking things. Man, she bangs that keyboard. And it, is it because it's a self-pay? Would you be out of pocket? Because what your insurance picks up also matters. So is it with or without insurance? 
Um, you know, I'm pretty sure I have dental insurance. Uh, I couldn't give you any more details than that. But so you're saying that the uh, the price of the crown is different depending on whether I have insurance or not? Absolutely. So it depends on how much your insurance, how much of it will pick up and how much will be out of pocket. Right, right. And also a crown, do you need a crown with buildup or do you need just a crown, uh, which the doctor would assess after seeing you? Um, wow, this is very complicated. Oh, yes. A crown is like a crown with buildup, usually follows a root canal, but if not, then it would be just a crown. But I don't know if that is a determination that the, the doctor would make. Right. I know I didn't have a root canal, if that's any help. Well, let's just let's okay. just say I don't have insurance and it's just a normal crown. Okay. It's just a lot of checking. I think it would have hung up by now, but we'll give her a shot um, to come back. So what the doctor does is get, usually gives a little bit of a discount if um, you do not have insurance. And with that, it would cost about 1,200-ish. I say ish because it there are so many variables, but that should be a ballpark figure. Right, Did your doctor of... tell you how much it would cost if you had it done it by him? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that we ever even got that far. It might have been around twelve hundred ish. That's possible. And then if I if I have insurance, that means like insurance would pay for a certain part of it. Yes, I mean typically um, crowns come under major. Uh, the insurances usually have a percentage for preventive, which is usually a hundred percent covered. Then there are basic um, there are basic uh, treatments like fillings and you know extractions, and those are usually covered at eighty percent. And then crowns, dentures, bridges are considered major, and usually insurances cover them at fifty percent. But some don't that, cover major at all. Some right. That actually sounds that actually sounds very familiar. I, I think I might have fifty percent on that. So if it's fifty percent, then my my part would be six hundred ish. It would go down. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Great, great, great. Well, thanks so much for that information. Very, very helpful. You're welcome, and you have right. a great day, sir. Oh, you too. You're very pleasant. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Woo. Woo, doggy. Oh, my jeez. Okay. First of all, she was. you couldn't say she wasn't nice. She was very nice. She was very pleasant. She was really trying hard to give me information. But, wow. I, I love how at the beginning she said, well, are, are, do you have an appointment schedule or are you just calling randomly? I mean, that's like offensive. Are you just calling randomly? Yeah, I'm just some rando calling your office. And then next I'm going to call a plumber and ask how much it is to unclog a sink. This is what I do just for fun. I'm just calling your office just for fun. And then she went to the insurance versus self-pay thing and admitted that they charge a different fee for patients who don't have insurance. So, um, you know, some people might see the, see this as controversial. Some people would say this is insurance fraud. I'm not sure I would have gone there on the phone or done that in my practice to begin with. But so she kind of admitted they do that. Um, then she's asking me all these crazy questions. And that um, finally, she does say that the doctor would need to assess it. You know, she's saying it's 1,200-ish. It's this, it's that. I'm so confused. She goes into this whole dissertation about insurance, how some things are 100%, some things are 80%, some things are 50%. I mean... 
it was useful information. I think way extraneous for this call, but you know, she was trying to really do a good job and inform me of everything. Then she's ishing this and ishing that, and it's 1,200-ish, and it's 600-ish, and it's Billy Eilish. I mean, I don't know what she's talking about. Just confusing me. And then the biggest mistake of all, she did say that really to give you the correct fee, the doctor would have to assess it. So she's moving in the right, in the right direction. I thought she was going to do it and say, why don't we get you in so the doctor can take a look? But no. She just gives all this information. I thank her. And then we part company. We hang up. She never gets any contact information from me, never even makes an attempt to get the appointment. Now, you know, some people say that when you spend a long time with somebody, your commitment level goes up and up and up because you've already got that time. It's like sunk time. This call was three minutes and 43 seconds. We were bonding. We were hanging. We were buddies. And she made no attempt after me committing four minutes of my life to this call. She made zero attempt to get me in for an appointment. Ay, ay, ay. She could have just gone for the kill and I would have said yes. So not good. Not good. Not good. We've got one more call. Same question. Let's see what happens here. This is Molly. How may I help you? Oh, hi. Do you do crowns in your office? Yes, sir, we do crowns. And how much is a crown usually? So I would definitely hate to misquote you as every patient's dental needs are different, and it's just depending on how many you would need or what type of crown. Um, but for one crown, that price can start around $1,500. Um, but like I said, I would, I would hate to misquote you. It's hard to give an exact price without getting you in for an exam. Mm, I understand. I understand. Well, thank you so much for that information. Yeah, you're very welcome. All right, thanks. Bye. Wow. Again, super nice, super pleasant. I liked where she was going. I don't. I'm, I don't think she even needed to mention the fee. I mean, she said she did a lot of things right. I don't want to misquote you. It's hard to give a, a fee or a price without really getting in there and doing the exam because everybody's you know teeth are different, every situation or whatever. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but she was moving in the right direction. Like it's instead of giving you a fee. Since it can be so variable, let's get you in for the exam. That was perfect. Now, I would have even said a free consult or a look-see or whatever. So, boom, she's moving in the right direction and then cuts me off cold. Okay, thank you. Bye. She knows that I need to come in for an exam, but she never offers me the opportunity. Woo! Wow. Let's learn from this. If somebody calls with a question, tell them a little bit and, you know, it can be... You know, there are different situations and I, I'd hate to give you the wrong fee. The best thing to do is let's get you in for an examination or even a free consult. You can meet the doctor, see where our office is. And that way we can tell you the exact fee and we'll all be happy. Let's Can, can you come in today at 2.30? We'd be glad to see you then. If that's not convenient, we have tomorrow at 11 a.m. Which works best for you? Why aren't we doing this? I don't want to scream. So I'm just going to say that let's say that's it for today. I hope we learned. I hope we loved. This is Dr. Richard Maddow, co-founder of the Maddow Center for Dental Practice Success. Thanks for being on the Dental Practice Fixers podcast, for listening, for viewing, whatever it is you did. Remember a couple of things. Go to maddow.com slash save to see how you can save money every single month on your credit card processing. Hey, if you want to find out what's going on in your practice 
and really take a deep dive into your data. We can do that for you. It's no charge. Just go to matto.com slash snapshot. matto.com slash snapshot. Give us a like, give us a thumbs up, a comment, a subscription, and tell your friends about the Dental Practice Fixers podcast. That's going to be it. I will see you next week. Thanks so much for being with us today. 